I find, uh, for the most part, that uh, Americans are pretty early risers. Uh, after having lived in Britain for uh, almost seven years, I came to appreciate a somewhat slower and less manic pace of life. Uh, take Easter just as an example. Well, uh, in Britain, um, it is what they call bank holiday weekend, which means you don't only just get the, the Easter Saturday and today Easter Sunday, but you also get Good Friday and then you also get uh, Easter money, uh, Monday because then it's a four-day uh, weekend, yes? Um, so for the government, the schools and many shops, um, except for the biggest ones, of course, uh, these are all categorically days off. Now, in addition, uh, at 5 p.m., most of the high street or the main street stores, they close with the exception of what you would call uh, the takeaways or the carryouts, the to-go kind of places, you know, where you pick up a pizza or an Indian curry or fish and chips or uh, what they call over there, which is a doner kebab, which is like a, uh, a hero or a gyro, depending upon your pronunciation uh, of that. But th those kinds of takeaway shops, they don't open until 5 p.m. anyway, usually. Now, upon returning to the States after our sojourn in Great Britain, um, our new rhythm is that uh, Janet is usually up at 4.30 in the morning to be out of the house by 5.30. Um, I'm up with her uh, so that she can start her day at 6. So now I travel down the I-75 what, with what could only be described as the pack. Uh, some, sounds like some of you know what I'm talking about because the, the pack uh, is my definition for that attack squadron of cars all rolling down the interstate with the goal of getting to the office or the factory or elsewhere on time. Well, when the women in today's gospel went early at sunrise to the tomb of Jesus, it wasn't because they felt the stress of making it to work on time. Rather, they felt the stress of, of trying to complete the, the burial arrangements that were customary for a loved one, for a Jewish person at that time, because they didn't have the opportunity to do that after Jesus was removed and taken down from the cross. Now, for us, what this may be experienced like is somewhat akin to attending a funeral service, then waiting a day before heading out to the cemetery for the interment. Now we know that's not usually the case because when we have the funeral service, we also have the internment upon the same day. But there was a day in between, a day of waiting. <clears throat> now because the Sabbath in Judaism is on a Saturday, the women waited until the next day, the first day of the week, what we call Sunday, to complete Jesus' burial ceremony. That is, the anointing of his body with precious spices. As spices attended his birth through the gift of myrrh brought to Mary and Joseph by the wise men, so spices were now brought to his grave to anoint his precious broken body. 
But their journey to Jesus' grave has a problem, and it's a really big problem, actually. You see, the problem is that Jesus' grave is under lockdown. Yes? Jesus' tomb had been closed, and a Roman seal was placed upon it, and the penalty for removing that seal was certain death. You know, it's kind of like that... uh, utilities meter box that is uh, attached to the outside of your house. You, you know the one. It's got that crimped seal upon it put there by Duke Energy. And if this seal is broken, it means that someone has messed with your meter. Yeah? And somehow, I guess Duke Energy would catch up with you and you would have to, to pay. Now, Perhaps Duke Energy's penalty for breaking this seal is death. I don't know, but I've never dared to. I look at the thing, but I'm like, oh, no, I better not touch that. Yeah. Have you broken yours? I didn't think you did. No. The point is, if the seal on Jesus' tomb was broken, it had to be broken by Rome and Rome only, or... What you know to be true and I know to be true is by some other power greater than Rome. Well, that's an an impossibility because there was no greater power than Rome in the world at the time. So there's a slight problem here, you see. The women go to Jesus' tomb expecting to complete the rites of his burial, but a wee problem, a little tiny problem of a one-ton stone stood between them and getting to Jesus' body. So, what's a girl to do? Yeah? One possibility, perhaps the only possibility, is to rely upon what I would call, with all due respect, The power of a woman to persuade, yeah? Now, you all know what I'm talking about. There's not a woman here, and probably some little girls, that doesn't have it. The power to persuade. My mother has it, I know that, yeah? My wife has it, and uh, now my daughter has it as well, too. And men, if you're living on the same planet as I do, you'll know that they've got it, and you are going to fall in line to the persuasion of the women in your life. Can I get an amen this Easter Sunday? Amen. Stupid is the man that doesn't recognize how powerful the persuasion of a woman is. And so I could well imagine, under great risk for wanting to mess around with the Roman seal, that these women went to the tomb expecting to talk the Roman guards into sliding back the stone for them. Hopefully they had perfected their ability to plead their case and to diplomatically debate with these soldiers why they needed access to Jesus' body But of course the guards would say, no, it's not going to happen. These guards knew the consequences and the penalty for disobeying an order from the governor of Judea. It wasn't demotion, my friends, you know, getting lower to rank. It was death, breaking that Roman seal. But hoping against hope, the women went anyway. Even though the guards were going to refuse them, they went anyway. And so I wonder, 
What is it that causes people to get up early, face an impossible situation where they know that the results of their efforts will only yield a very stern refusal, but they get up and get dressed and they go anyway? I guess for these women, the expected reply of, no, you're not getting in there today, ma'am, It was just slow to sink in for them. Why do people, when faced with insurmountable odds against them, keep on trying anyway? Why do they do that? Well, whatever it is that makes people do this, it is what the women felt that morning. They felt impelled to go. I guess there are just some circumstances in life where A person, you know, they get a bee in their bonnet and they decide, you know what, I'm just not going to take no for an answer and I am going to bring the best of myself to this situation, my persuasive self, and see if I can find a way. I'll find a way. I'll I'll badger. I'll I'll beg if I have to, but I'm, I'm resolved to get my way. And so sometimes... It can be good to be a little bit resistant, to be a little bit slow to allow the no of another to sink in. But when they get to the tomb, they make a discovery. They discover that the stone is already rolled away. What's more, they encounter two angels who clearly have the upper hand on the ability to persuade. You see, you can't out-argue God, can you? Remember how he told you, it says in Luke's gospel, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. So now the ones who went expecting to persuade the men were now on the receiving end of the persuasion of the angels. Yeah? This Easter, please, please be open to the persuasion of His Spirit and the angels that He sends in His name. When you discover and encounter circumstances that you cannot deny, argue with, or defend yourself against, perhaps it is God trying to get through to you or to me. Above all else, the key word in the persuasive statement of the angels is remember. You see, memory and faith, they are always connected. That's what Easter is all about. And I, and I thank God that Shandon Church has a, has a good memory. I once pastored a church and they had a, a terrible congregational memory. They, they sort of had an amnesia of the soul. And small indeed was their faith. Now many of you are here today because this is the church. This is the community of your memory. But a memory without faith is just sentimentality. But memories with faith create change, long-lasting, eternal resurrection change. So when the angel said to the women, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, 
that he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and then on the third day rise. They heard these words, and then all of a sudden it wasn't slow to sink in any longer. It all came falling into place in rapid succession. Bethlehem, bam! Nazareth, bam! Galilee, bam! Capernaum, bam! Bethany, bam! And Luke's follow-up response is, And they remembered his words. You see, the break-in, that's the break not the breaking, that's the break-in point when they remembered his words. Now, if you can't remember his words, you may have allegiance to a memory, but you'll be devoid of faith. You see, I came to Christ, or he came and grabbed a hold of me. 41 years ago today, I was in a Baptist church in front of the altar on my knees, just as Nick gave testimony also this morning before his baptism. Likewise, he made that confession of faith, similar to mine. It was on Easter Sunday, 1977, that I opened my lips and I uttered what was the sweetest yes that I have ever said. Yes, Lord, come into my life. Come into my heart. Change me up from the inside out. And when I rose from my knees, the very first thing that happened to me was that youth pastor George Grace put a Bible in my hand and he said, Remember. Remember. You see, there's no sense saying yes to Jesus or I will seek him at the tomb if you can't remember what he said. What's worse, when the penny finally dropped for the women, they ran back to persuade the men. And despite all their persuasive powers, the women failed miserably. Their words, says the text, seemed to them like an idle tale, and the men did not believe the women. Why? Because they could not remember. What do you mean, pastor, they could not remember? They walked with him for three years. Well, I'll tell you what, I went to college a few years ago, and now I've just about plumb forgot everything that I learned there, yeah, that I was supposed to remember. Dr. Meister, indeed, that's an accolade that I will leave here on earth. But Daniel Meister, faithful servant, now that might just be something that I can take with me to glory. Just because you've been in church, you know, 20 plus years, that don't mean a thing. What matters is, have you remembered what he said? Why? Because that's what changes you. That's what gets your life to come out from, from hiding. You see, most people interpret this rather panned reply of the male disciples as somehow of evidence that they lacked faith. Au contraire, they had faith. They had forgotten the memory. They had buried their friend. They were too deep in grief and too greatly in fear to allow what he said to speak to their broken and troubled hearts. Never allow fear to take advantage of your brokenness, but allow his resurrection power to raise you up 
Now, if you don't remember what God has said, all the faith in the world, in church or out of church, won't save you. Yeah? Easter will be a nice little tradition for whatever reasons you choose to remember. But friends, there are no brownie points for remembering tradition. There's only brownie points for remembering what he said. His words. And so today, as your pastor on this Easter Sunday, there may be someone here for whom the circumstances of life, it may not be a grief or a fear as it was in the case of the disciples. It may be something else equally as valid. Some circumstances of life that is somehow blotted out, blocked up, or got in the way of your ability to remember what he said. And so our challenge this Easter is to dig deep, oh yes, and to deal with our discomfort and to shake our foundations. You see, you are in the fight of your life this Easter because your soul is longing, no, it's begging for you to remember what he said. Whether you admit it or not, these are the words that your soul readily recognizes. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and rise on the third day. That is what he did and that is what we celebrate by faith. Amen.